I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to make a run for it. Cover me. Cover me. Those were the last words I ever spoke in my first paintball match ever. Until I got lit up by every single person on the opposing side with their full arsenal of paintballs. <laughs> I wish I had known how much paint I had left until I was too late. See, when I was about 12, I got invited to one of my best friend's birthday parties, and he had a paintball game going on. And it was a beautiful thing. It was very fun. It was exciting. And I got a paintball gun. It wasn't mine. I was borrowing it. And the hopper was filled with loads and loads of paintballs. Which is really exciting because it's every young boy's dream to be able to shoot people and not actually kill them, right? So I'm peltering the opposition with paintballs and do, 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 until I realize I don't have any left. And it was five minutes into the game. <laughs> I went trigger happy, as they say. I wasted all of them in the first five minutes, and I wish I had known the value of that paint when I first started. See, I think the time that we're given here on planet Earth is a lot like those paintballs. You don't realize how precious it is until you get to the end and you thought you had more. Today I want to talk about the preciousness of the time that we have here on Earth. And the title of my message, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Your Highest Value. Your Highest Value. Because my prayer is that we learn how to value our time with the right kind of mindset. One where we get to the end of our lives and we can look back and knowing I glorified God in the highest. I didn't waste any of it. So if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be turning to the book of Ephesians. And the Apostle Paul helps us to understand some things about the time we have here on earth. So would you join me in Ephesians chapter 5? This is the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, and we're going to start in verse 15. If you're able to stand, I'd invite you to stand with me. We're going to read just three verses together, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. It goes like this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Jesus, I pray that you would give us a view of our time the way you see it. Help us to value the thing that is the most precious, which is our time. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. There's an urgency to time. There's an urgency to time. Verse 16 says, make the most, make the most of the time because these days are evil. And the word that's translated into English uh, is a really long, complicated Greek word, but basically it has a sense of redeeming or buying back the time. Like time has a purchase price. It needs to be bought back, according to the Apostle Paul. And what's the purchase price to redeem our time for God? The price is all the things I no longer do and all the things I now do differently because I've begun to live for the will of God. In other words, Paul's saying that there's a high value on the time that you've been given here on earth, and it's urgent that we use it in the right way, in a way that aligns with the will of God. Billy Graham 
famous for preaching at these massive crusades, at one of these preached a sermon called The Brevity of Life. And right at the beginning of the message, he asked this powerful question. Do we realize how important every single one of our days is? He claims that if you live to be 70 years old, the first 15 years of your life is uh, developing as a child and as an adolescent. You'll spend about 20 years of your life just sleeping in bed. He says the last five years are hindered by physical limitations and curtailed activities. So that means you have 30 optimal years in your life for everything else. And a large portion of that has to be spent eating and working and figuring out your income tax. Even the youngest among us don't have that much time here on earth. See, there's a date set on all of our lives. We all come with an expiration date. And after that, we give an account for how we spent our days. Rich people cannot buy more hours. Scientists can't invent more minutes. And you can't even take your leftover time at the end of the day that you didn't have any plans for. You can't just like roll that over till some other time. Like every minute is gone as soon as it comes. There's an urgency to time. But why? Why is there such an urgency? The urgency comes from the preciousness of it. There's a preciousness to time. I was reading a sermon this last week uh, by Jonathan Edwards. He's the famous revival preacher of the Great Awakening. He preached a sermon in December of 1734 called Redeeming the Time. And in this sermon, he basically outlined four main reasons that time is precious. Time is precious because our eternity depends on how we use our time on earth. Time is precious because our time on earth is very short. Time is precious because we're uncertain of how much more time we have on earth. And time is precious because when it is gone, it cannot be recovered. I just want to quickly go through those. Number one, our our eternity depends on how we use our time. On this side of death, each one of us has been given the very gracious opportunity to use our time in a way that would impact the rest of eternity. You have the opportunity to escape everlasting misery, according to Jonathan Edwards, or to obtain everlasting blessedness and glory, or escape from an infinite evil, or our attainment of an infinite good depends on the finite time that you've been given here on this earth. Eternity depends on the time that we have right now. Number one, our eternity depends on our time on earth. Number two, time is precious because it's short. I mean, think about it. The scarcity of any commodity automatically makes the value of it go higher, especially when you can't live without it. Does anyone remember this? It happened a couple years ago. The toilet paper shortage of 2020 and you're all of a sudden going on late night toilet paper runs because you don't know if there's going to be any left tomorrow and the value of toilet paper in 2020 was so much higher for you than it was in any other year you're like I literally wipe my butt with this but this year it's gold 
Time is seen as one of the most valuable commodities we possess because our whole eternity depends on the scarcity of the time we have now. It's very short, and it matters forever. Time is so short. Also, time is uncertain. We are uncertain of how much more time we have on earth. Like, we don't know when our time is up. We might live to be as old as Lois, and yet in the last few years, I've gone to way too many teen funerals. You don't know. You're uncertain of how much time you have here on earth, if it's a year or several years or just a week or a day. How much would you prize your time if you knew you only had a month left? How much would you prize your time if you knew you had a year left? If you knew the expiration date on your life, how would you structure that? I would offer this suggestion. Your time is even more valuable because you don't know. Finally, when our time on earth is gone, it cannot be recovered. So our, our eternity depends on time on earth. Our time on earth is short. It's uncertain because we don't know when we're going to die. And number four, when it's gone, it cannot be recovered. So I want to challenge you for a moment to examine your schedule. Challenge your schedule. Are, are you actively using your time for what matters most? If you lose a coat, you can, in theory, go and buy another coat. You can get another coat. If your money gets stolen, there's lots of ways to recover money. You can earn more. People can donate to you, right? You can go steal it back. Don't do that. You ruin your health. Your body's an amazing thing. It can recover. You can bounce back. You can restore your health again. Your house burns down? That's a tragedy, but a community can rally around and even help you rebuild. But waste your time? That's irrecoverable. Like when it's gone, it's eternally gone. God created you and he gave you a reasonable soul, according to Jonathan Edwards. And he, and he made you for endless duration. You are an eternal being. But God gave you time here in, in this earth to prepare for eternity. And your eternal future depends on the use of your time now. I want to read a quote to you that just was very powerful from this message. Jonathan Edwards says, Consider, therefore, what you have done with your past time. You're not now beginning your time, but a great deal is past and gone. All the wit and the power and the treasure of the universe cannot recover it. Every day you have enjoyed has been a precious day. Yea, your moments have been precious but have you not wasted your precious moments, your precious days, your precious years? In other words, you've been given a, a, a short amount of time. Don't waste it. Your time is the most valuable thing you have. Because it's the one thing that cannot be recovered. And so how you spend it communicates what you actually value the most. In other words, how you spend the highest value shows what you value the highest. How you spend your time, I could say it another way, 
shows what you worship. Right, look at your calendar. Look at your schedule. Look at your screen time report. Look at your normal work schedule, your normal school schedule, your free time routines. Look where you've been and look where you plan to be and you will begin to see the object of your worship. How you spend the highest value shows what you value the highest. How you spend your time shows what you worship. Or as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There the desires of your heart will be also. You worship where you put your heart, where you put your treasure. So here's the question I want to end with. And I want to give you four answers. How do you value your time with an eternal mindset? How do you do that? Because I think it's a lot like teaching someone how to budget their money, to budget your time. You need to approach your allotted time on earth with this intentional value that you know what to do with. Otherwise, you're going to be in danger of wasting it without hope of recovering it. How do you value your time? You need to choose to budget your time. So the first thing I would recommend is to tithe your time. Oh, certainly, God deserves 100% of your time, but have you ever dared to give him even 10%? I think about this. There is 168 hours in a week, okay? On average, the average American sleeps about six hours. You should sleep more, but the average American sleeps about six hours, according to the most recent study I read. So that means you're sleeping 42 hours a week. There's 126 hours left. 10% of 126 hours is 12.6 hours. God is certainly worthy of 100% of your time devoted to him, to knowing him, to building his kingdom. But have you ever tried giving him 12.6 hours every single week? You're like, that's a lot. No, it's not. It's 10% of your waking hours. He's worthy of 100%. Are you giving God, at the very least, he's worthy of far more, but are you giving God 12.6 hours devoted to knowing him and building his kingdoms? And I think for most of us, the, the, the temptation is, I plan my schedule, and if I'm extra spiritual, God somewhere fits in there every, every once in a while. The average American, like churchgoer, extra spiritual person, goes to church on average once every three weeks. Let me ask, is God worthy of at least 10% of your time every week? Like, I want to give God my first fruits. I want him to be in first place. I want to lead my family and show them how to give God my best. And so that one event that I've been really looking forward to goes on my calendar after this, if it fits. All right? The first 10% is totally God's blank calendar. It goes on there first. Afterwards, if it fits... That one big event, or, or the, the kids' big game or year-end tournament, it goes on after this, if it fits. My, my favorite kinds of entertainment go in after this, if they fit. Because God's not getting second place, third place, fourth place on my calendar. It's the most valuable thing I have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show what I value the highest. So tithe your time. Number two, save your time. So after you've given your first 10%, you've got 90% left. But a lot of that, if we're being honest, and myself included, there's wasted time in there. There's time that we will not want to give an account for. 
I'm going to start saving that instead of going to unnecessary things. I'm going to redirect it towards something personal. I need to look where I'm wasting time, cut out useless behaviors. I mean, consider this exhortation. This is Romans chapter 13. This was very convicting as I was reading it recently. This is all the more urgent. Romans 13 verse 11. For you know how late it is. Your time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling or in jealousy. Did you catch that? Jealousy is in the same level, same category as sexual immorality and drunkenness and immoral living. How much time do I spend just desiring what somebody... You're wasting it. Instead, he says, clothe yourselves in the presence of Jesus Christ. Don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Time is short. Don't waste it. Instead... He says, start investing it in things that are about Jesus Christ, about God's kingdom. And that's the third thing I would say. Number one, tithe your time. Number two, start saving your time. And number three, invest your time. Now you've given God your first fruits, first fruits and you've redeemed, you've bought back the time from these evil days. The rest of your time is what you get to put to use. But don't just blow it all, right? Make it count. This is not the time... To sit back and kick up your feet and say, I did my time. No, you haven't. First of all, it's not your time. It's borrowed. It's going to be taken away. Second of all, you still have some. You didn't do all your time. You have some time left. It's a gracious gift of God you don't get to keep. There's an urgency attached to your time. And can I just speak to those who have lived a longer life, those who have earned a testimony in Jesus Christ, those who have been blessed with the wisdom of experience. The next generation is in need of what you've experienced with God. If you're older, now is the time to go hard for the Lord. You have a powerful message that also has a side dish of urgency. Don't keep it to yourself. Invest every last minute of your life for the kingdom of God to make him known and to build his kingdom. In every church that I've been to, whether growing up with my family or now on my own or even some of the churches that my parents have gone to over the last you know, decade, a conversation my dad and I have fairly regularly has to do with the older generation of that church. And sometimes the conversation is very encouraging because there's some saints who are not coasting, who haven't kicked their feet up at the end of their life and just are taking it easy. Um, They're not coasting in their best years. But sometimes the conversation is discouraging because we see something so precious and so valuable being squandered by a group of people who think they aren't needed or think that what they have to offer isn't really that valuable Or even worse, they did their tour of duty and no longer need to give God any more time in their days. It's heartbreaking. 
Because what's more valuable than what you have a higher urgency on is your time. There's a quote from a recent conversation of ours. He said, um, every generation needs every generation. Please don't think you're unnecessary. My generation has more time because our kids are now grown up and we still have some gas left in the tank. And there's lots of us. Come on, let's bless young parents by giving them a break. In God's backwards economy, you're the one getting the blessing. As admonished by Christ, don't hinder the little ones from coming to him by treating them as a burden. Oh, you have such a blessing that the body of Christ needs. If you're younger, you have energy attached to your time, which is so valuable to the kingdom of God. There are some things in this world that need a huge push from Gen Z, from millennials, from even the younger under Gen Z, which is now Gen Alpha. Like, there is energy that is required for some things in the kingdom of God to be moved forward. And also... For those who are older, you have urgency attached to your time. You realize some things that we don't. Come on, we need you. We all need each other. Each generation needs each generation. So we tithe our time. And then we save our wasted time. We invest the rest of that time. But you're going to look at your schedule, you're going to look at your calendar, and you realize, man, there's a little bit of leftover, some margin. What do you do with that? You waste the rest of it with God. Like If you have leftover time, this is a blessing from God inviting you into intimacy, into unhurriedness, into an absence of rush. You waste the rest of time with God. You might be thinking, man, I've got these problems in my life. I, I need to focus on fixing them. How, how do I redeem that? It's just taking me away from this kingdom investment I want to make. Guys, God is a master of taking a problem and turning it into a platform. Taking your mess and turning it into a message. Don't think that that time is wasted. Invest that. Bring God into that. You might think you're in a season of waiting. And you've been praying for something, you've been trying for something, you've been hoping for something, you've been longing for something. Can I encourage you with this? Jesus is waiting in line with you. He's not at the end destination that you're trying to get to. This is not a wasted season. This is a season that he is longing and yearning with you. He's present. But you get to some of the end of this and you go, okay, I got what I was praying for. I invested my time. What do I do with what's left? Every single moment is a moment lived with God. One of my favorite books I read last year was The, Pre the Practice of the Presence of God by a 17th century monk named Brother Lawrence. Um, for Brother Lawrence, the mundane routines of life, no matter how boring, were the pr very process that he would look forward to so he could experience God's love. He loved to just waste time with God. You know you've grown intimately close to somebody when you waste time with them and it actually makes your life better. And you're like, I feel filled up with love. I feel like that was not actually a waste even though we had no plan and we just did stuff together. And, and so he wrote, 
it's not needful that we should have great things to do. We can do little things for God even. I turn the cake that is frying on the pan for love of Him. And that done, if there's nothing else to call me, I prostrate myself in worship before Him who has given me grace to work. And afterwards, I rise happier than a king. It's enough for me to pick up but a straw from the ground for the love of God. This is a man who, even in things that seemed like a waste of time, said, no, no, I'm going to waste it with God. God is inviting you into an intimate experience with him where there is no rush. Where you don't feel like, oh, I just can't wait till this really annoying process or this mundane task is finished so that I can go do X, Y, Z. God's like, I'm in it with you. Waste it with me. And there's still people who would say, ah, I just don't have time for God. I, I would read the Bible, but you know I'm just so busy, I don't have time. Or I would, I would pray I spend more time in prayer, but I just don't have time. I don't have time. Do you realize what you're saying? You're saying to the God of the universe, to the sovereign, the sustainer, to this God who will judge the very time he gave you, that you don't have time for him. Who's the very source of every minute you have, who intimately desires this close relationship. I don't have time for you. It takes time. Of course it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. You might be like, ah, well, I'm 65 years old. Well, get started. How you spend the highest value communicates what you value the highest. Start by tithing your time, then redeeming and saving your time, then planning on how you're going to invest your time. And then just waste the rest of it with God. Slowly. Intimately. So let me ask you this. What will be more important when you get to the end? And you're the one in the box. How will you have wished you had spent the time you had here on earth? What's more important than how you relate to God and how you live for him? Maybe you're listening this morning and you're like, I don't actually know how much time I have left. And if I got to the end of my life and I was asked by God at the gates of heaven, why should I let you in? You don't really have much of an answer. I, I, I hope my good deeds outweigh my bad The Bible says that's not a good enough answer. The only answer is that Jesus Christ died in your place and took your sin on him. He died on the cross to forgive you and rose again three days later to give you new life. And the Bible is very clear. If you simply believe in that and confess Jesus as Lord of your life, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. You're the one in charge of my life now. You're the one in charge of my time. That you'll be saved. Saved from what? Saved from having to pay the consequence of your sin on your own in hell for eternity. The Bible says if you put your faith in Jesus today, today is the day of salvation. You don't know if tomorrow is promised. I want to invite you to 
spend some time with the Lord just doing that. And, and maybe for you, you're like, I've put my faith in Jesus, but man, have I wasted some time in my life. And I don't want another minute to go by that is wasted. I want to give you just a couple minutes. Maybe you need to confess your sin to the Lord and ask him to forgive you and put your faith and trust in Jesus. Or maybe you need to confess the waste of your time or just the yearning of your desire to maximize and invest your time the best and allow him to speak to you in this moment. I want to invite the worship team to come on up. And as they're doing that, just spend a minute or two speaking to the Lord. Everyone's eyes are closed. I want you to be distracted. And just spend a minute or two hearing from and responding to the Lord. Jesus, please open our eyes to see your perspective on our time. Give us the courage to respond immediately. God, I see a church that is fully surrendered to you. I see a church that worships you with the highest value we have, the thing we can never recover, that says, I will use my time for God. And on the other side of that, Lord, I see the devil trembling. Oh, please let us not fall into the diabolical trap of time wasters. But let us be the people who glorify you with every minute of our lives. Amen.